Last week, we began our message series based on the Nativity Story, the movie that's currently in theaters showing the birth of Jesus. And last week, as we began this series, we saw how Mary was chosen by God to become the mother of Jesus. And we saw that any time that we are chosen by God for anything, it's a reason to rejoice. When God calls us, he calls us for a purpose. He calls us to make a difference. He calls us to carry on his work and be his representatives in this world. And so when you and I are chosen by God, it's a great honor. Problem is, it can also be a bit intimidating. It can even be downright scary. I'm sure that Mary, even though she was honored by God by being chosen by him, and even though she willingly participated in God's plan, I'm sure that she had some concerns. She had some valid reasons to be afraid. And so this morning, just for the next 10 or 12 minutes, I want us to talk about what some of those concerns could have been and see how Mary dealt with them, okay? Now, do you remember how Mary found out that she was going to give birth to Jesus? She was told by an angel. She was told by the angel Gabriel. Now, I'm not sure what Mary was doing at the time that the angel appeared to her. Maybe she was cleaning house. Maybe she was preparing supper. Maybe she was addressing invitations to her wedding. Maybe she was watching reruns of Saved by the Bell. I really don't know what she was doing. But whatever it was, it was suddenly interrupted when Gabriel appeared before her with the announcement. This would certainly not have been on her schedule for the day. Because this was not an everyday event. Now, we've all heard this story so many times over the years that we've kind of written it off as being nothing out of the ordinary. But really, it was extraordinary. An angel appeared to Mary and told her that even though she was a virgin, she would give birth to a son. But Mary wasn't the only one who received an announcement like this. Her relatives, Elizabeth and Zechariah, had received a message from an angel several months earlier. And they were told that they were going to have a son as well. In fact, they were already in the sixth month of their pregnancy when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. Oh, Elizabeth and Zechariah's son would not be a virgin birth. Zechariah would certainly have a part to play. But the birth of their son would still be a miracle because they were both old. And they were well beyond the age that they could expect to have children. Well, this whole experience with the angel was thrilling and was disturbing for Mary at the same time. And so she decided that she would actually go and visit with Elizabeth and Zechariah. I mean, who better to talk to about this pregnancy, this miraculous pregnancy, than someone else who was experiencing a miraculous pregnancy? So just a few days after the angel's announcement to Mary, Mary set out. She set, on a, set out on a journey to go and visit Elizabeth and Zechariah, a journey of about 120 kilometers, about 80 miles. And when she arrived, Mary found what she was looking for. Elizabeth welcomed her, and she encouraged her. They talked about the pregnancies. In fact, when Mary arrived, Elizabeth told Mary that her own baby leaped for joy inside of her at the sound of Mary's voice. Elizabeth understood the huge honor that Mary was chosen for. And so Mary stayed with them for about three months. In fact, she, Mary could have been there right up till the time that that Elizabeth and Zechariah gave birth to their son, John. We know him as John the Baptist. Mary could have been there right up until that time, but the time finally came for Mary to return home. And remember, when Mary left, she was only a few days pregnant. I doubt that anybody at home even knew that she was pregnant. But by now, 
after visiting for three months plus travel time, she would have been beginning to show. How would her family react? How would her fiance react? How would Joseph react? There's one scene in the nativity story that shows their possible reaction. Now, Mary had been away for several months and she was just returning home. She was returning on the back of a wagon. And as she was approaching the town, the news started to spread that Mary was back. And so all of her friends rushed out to greet her and her fiance Joseph heard that she was back and a big smile appeared on his face and he rushed over, straightened his, his hat and, and tried to look presentable for her and he was excited and her, her father heard the news and he started toward the place where, where Mary would be arriving as well. And when Mary finally got there and hopped off the back of a wagon, one young child, one girl, rushed over to Mary and noticed that her belly was a little larger than normal and started to rub it. And as Joseph and as Mary's father began to approach her, they saw this and the smiles on their face froze and they began to disappear as they realized that Mary was indeed pregnant. Now, if this really was the first time that they were finding out about the pregnancy, I'm sure they would have been shocked, especially Joseph. He would have been stunned. I mean, think about this. He was engaged to Mary. In fact, in their society, engagement was as binding as marriage, just without the sex. Joseph knew that he wasn't the father, and so as far as he was concerned, Mary must have cheated on him. He had been betrayed. Oh, and we're not told anything about how her parents might have reacted. But think about it. How do you think they would have reacted? They could have been ashamed of her. They could have been angry. They could have been frightened about what would happen to her. We'll talk about that shortly. There's, in fact, an, another scene in the Nativity story of how her parents may have reacted. The first discussion that they may have had about this as Mary tried to explain how she got pregnant. And she would try to explain to them that she had done nothing wrong that she had broken no vows, but her parents would accuse her of breaking every vow. Mary would try to explain that even Elizabeth had given birth in her old age, and it was a miraculous pregnancy, but her father would counter, Elizabeth has a husband. They wouldn't believe that Mary had done nothing wrong, that she hadn't betrayed her fiancé. And that's a possible conversation that Mary could have had with her parents. And right within that scene in the movie, there, there are several of the possible consequences that Mary could have faced that are presented. The consequences she could have faced all because of this pregnancy. And so let me just highlight, just quickly, let me highlight five of them for you. The first potential consequence is this. Mary could have been accused of lying. She could have been accused of lying. Hey, Mary was still a teenager. And teenagers can come up with all kinds of excuses for anything. And some adults aren't half bad at that either. You know, an angel appeared to you? Oh, sure, that explains everything. I mean, would you have believed her? Somehow, I doubt it. You would have been checking to see if she was taking her medications, wouldn't you? I'd be surprised if anybody believed her story. Oh, well, her grandmother might have believed her. Oh, that's nice, dear. Grandmothers will believe anything about their grandchildren. Anything good. But anyone else... They'd think Mary was loony. Things like that just don't happen. It takes a mother and a father to make a baby. I know that because I used to major in biology. And even though Nazareth would have been a pretty primitive town at the time, I'm sure that they knew it too. 
Obviously, Mary must have been lying. There's no way that her story could be true. That's what a lot of people would have thought. So that's one of the possible consequences she would have faced. Along with that, Mary could have been treated with contempt. Now, today, it's almost in vogue to be a single parent. Every once in a while, you'll hear about a celebrity who decides that they want to have a baby, and perhaps someday they'd like to get married, too. They kind of get the whole thing backwards. In fact, I have a lot of friends who are single parents, never been married. For them, it's no big deal. But that's not the way it would have been in Mary's day. If Mary had a baby without a husband, it would certainly be frowned on. She would have been treated with contempt. She would have been looked down upon. She would have been rejected. She would have been labeled as being immoral. In fact, the movie does a pretty good job of showing how the people in the town of Nazareth would have reacted to her and how they would have just talked about her behind her back and scowled at her as she walked by. That's just the way it would have been. I'm sure Mary had seen it happen to other people, and so I'm sure she knew that it was a potential consequence that she faced. Third, Mary could have been rejected by her own family. Again, we're not actually told how her family reacted, but I think this is a reasonable possibility. In fact, I'd say it was likely that her parents would have rejected her, that her family would have rejected her, or at least thought about it. As far as they knew, Mary had brought shame to their family. She had betrayed her fiancé in an engagement that, that her parents had probably arranged, and she had broken... As far as they were concerned, she had broken their religious and cultural rules. So what could they have done? Well, they could have thrown her out of the house. They could have disowned her. They could have never spoken to her again. I hope that didn't happen, but it certainly could have happened. Maybe it did. We don't know. She could have been rejected by her own family. Number four, Mary could have been abandoned by her fiancé. By her fiancé, Joseph. Now, how did Joseph react? when he found out about the pregnancy. We're told in the Bible how he reacted. He planned to break it off with her. He planned to break off their engagement. He felt betrayed, and he wanted nothing to do with her. Now, to his credit, he was going to break it off quietly so that Mary wouldn't be disgraced, but he was still going to break it off. And he would have, if not for some divine intervention, which we'll talk about next week. But being abandoned by her fiancé was a very real possibility that very nearly happened. Number five, the fifth possible consequence that Mary faced was that Mary could have been executed by stoning in the streets. She could have been stoned in the streets. If Joseph had decided to make a big deal out of it, if he had decided to go public about his apparent betrayal, then there was a good chance that Mary could have been stoned to death. In fact, according to the Old Testament law, Deuteronomy chapter 22, that was the penalty for any engaged woman who slept with another man. In fact, both participants, the man and the woman who were involved in the adultery, were supposed to be stoned to death. Now, the only way around this would be if Joseph claimed that the baby was his own. If he claimed the baby as his own. Then they both would have been looked down on. Mary and Joseph would have both been frowned upon as being unable to control their hormones, but at least Mary wouldn't be executed. Now, next week, we're going to see how God intervened and how he worked things out between Mary and Joseph. But at the time, Mary had no way of knowing how all of this would work out. As far as she knew, a stoning was a very real possibility for her. 
So there were lots of drawbacks, lots of potential consequences for Mary, all because she chose to go along with God's plan. In fact, some of those consequences would have really happened. There would have been personal and social costs for Mary, as well as for Joseph. So how did Mary survive it all? Why did she even agree to participate in God's plan? I think it's because she understood this truth. Any sacrifice to be in the center of God's will is no sacrifice because there's no better place to be. Any sacrifice to be in the center of God's will is no sacrifice because there's no better place to be. Whatever costs, whatever embarrassment, whatever humiliation, whatever rejection, whatever dangers, whatever sacrifice to be in the center of God's will is no sacrifice because there's no better place to be. Mary understood that. How about you? Do you understand that? When following God costs your reputation, do you understand that it's worth it? When following God changes your plans for the future, do you understand it's worth it? When there's a personal cost or a financial cost or a social cost, do you understand it's worth it? When people insult you and belittle you because of your faith, do you understand it's worth it? Do you understand that any sacrifice to be in the center of God's will is no sacrifice because there's no better place to be? What did Jesus say about all this? In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, Jesus said, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you. Why? Because you are my followers. Be happy about it, he said. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. That's what Jesus had to say about this. When there's a cost... When there's a, any kind of a cost, any kind of a sacrifice for you, because of God's call in your life, it's worth it. You are blessed in spite of the cost. I wonder, though, how many people have bailed on God because they weren't willing to pay the price. I wonder how many times people have refused to follow God's leading because they weren't willing to take the risks or face a rejection or weather the accusations. I wonder what great plans God has had that never came to fruition because comfort and convenience got in the way. Mary understood that whatever God requested and required of her was worth it. And may we learn that from her this morning. May we learn that any sacrifice to be in the center of God's will really is no sacrifice because there really is no better place to be.